Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Package that stuff up, man. Go to the cross. Say, Lord, here is just like in Pilgrim Progress. Like, quit carrying that burden on you. Throw it at the feet of the cross and be like, this is yours. I don't, I don't care where you take it, Lord, but I just can't carry it anymore. Put a cover on that wickedness and let's get rid of it. And that's, that's what he's getting to. We have to leave Babylon behind. We have to leave Babylon behind. That's a word for the children of Israel back then. That's a word for us today. Oftentimes as Christians, we tend to think that we need to be strong and that we need to be able to handle and carry all of our troubles. But if we're really honest with ourselves, we know that that's not manageable. We may be able to fake it for a while, but we'll get burnt out and we'll find that we just don't have the strength. In today's message, Pastor James reminds us why Jesus died on the cross for you. Jesus didn't just die to take care of your sins once, he continues to take care of you and carry all of your anxieties. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Zechariah chapter 5 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. got a lot of chapters to cover so we're gonna get right into Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 5 is where we're gonna be picking up and this is good I mean we're gonna cover a handful of chapters but they're all small chapters and uh, it just like boom 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 just like crazy these last couple of visions and we kind of we want to make it to the halfway point of this book because there's a certain point in Zechariah where it just shifts it goes from like visions and everything to like then you really get into, I mean, there's been messianic prophecies so far, um, but I mean, we're really going to get into some heavy duty ones in the latter half of this book. It sometimes feels like we're not on the winning side, so to speak, but we are, but we are. And so we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And we thank you for the fact that these minor prophets have all been reminding us that you are in control and you know exactly what you're doing. And so we, we trust in you and we, we thank you for your word and we pray that Holy Spirit, you would speak to our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So Zechariah is in the midst of these visions that he's having. And it's, I was just kind of reminded and refreshed of, sometimes it's good to go back to chapter one and just read through it again because you kind of lose sight of some things. But it's, what I find fascinating about this book is, is really this kind of cool little um, dialogue he has with this angel throughout this, throughout this book. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if it's the same angel. It seems like it would be the same angel, but he, here Zechariah has this heavenly friend, essentially, who kind of like is just, you know, Zechariah gets these visions and the angel's there who's a messenger of the Lord and, um, you know, and he's able to like explain things, but Zechariah is able to ask questions. And, and it's really a, a back and forth between Zechariah and, and whoever this, this angel is. But we saw it in chapter four. I mean, you've seen it from chapter one on, but he, it's, it's really fascinating because the angel is constantly like telling Zechariah, like, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see? And then Zechariah's like, well, this is what I see, but I have no idea what it means, right? But then the angel explains it. And, and I was just reminded as I was going back through and kind of circling, you know, little uh, phrases here and there where it's the angels asking them, what do you see? And then where Zechariah is like, I observed or I saw. And 
it, it just it reminded me that we really need to keep our eyes open. Okay, not, that's not just a thing for like while I'm teaching, stay awake while I'm teaching. I don't, you fall asleep, you fall asleep. That's between you and the Lord. Uh, well, no, some of that's on me if I'm being boring. But um, anyways, spiritually, because this is a spiritual book and these are spiritual encounters, like Zachariah is constantly having to keep his eyes open to the supernatural in one sense, um, because the Lord's got a message for him. And the Lord's trying to show him some things, and the Lord's going to use Zechariah to communicate really big picture items for not just the people of Jerusalem and Israel at that time, but also for thousands of years beyond this. And an angel's like, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see? And I love that Zechariah's like, well, I see this, but I'm clueless as to what it means. And I need... I'm relying on you, not so much the angel, but the angel is just the messenger. He's like, I'm relying on wisdom and understanding that is beyond mine to tell me what it means, right? Which is where we should all be. Lord, help me to see what you see. Help me to notice who you want me to notice or what scenarios you want me to notice. But then we got to go a step further and say, okay, but my brain's not able to always to figure out what this means. So please give me understanding as well, right? So here in chapter five, verse one, it picks right back up with it. He says, then I turned and raised my eyes. This is Zechariah still kind of going off of chapter four, where he was, he had to be awakened out of his sleep because sometimes spiritual things are, are heavy and you, you put all your effort into something spiritually. You're praying on behalf of somebody, you're ministering, you're leading a Bible study, leading worship, whatever it is, you should be wiped out because that's a sign that you're like, you've given your all. And you're like, I just want to go to sleep, right? And that's what Zachariah, he was sleeping. The angel was waking him up. He's like, no, 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 I, we have more things to see. So in chapter 5, it just continues on. It says, then I turned and raised my eyes. There's a, another reference to him in vision. I raised my eyes and saw there a flying scroll, right? So he's like, I don't know what's happening. Like, and it's not even just like a scroll, This is a flying billboard is what this is, okay? He says, the angel says, what do you see? He's like, duh, a big old billboard, like the biggest scroll I've ever seen in my life. He says, I I see a flying scroll, which is odd because scrolls don't fly, okay? So he's like, I'm seeing this scroll and it's flying around. It's 20 cubits and its width is, uh, its length is 20 cubits and its width is 10 cubits, meaning it's 15 feet by 30 feet. It's massive. It is literally a billboard flying around. This angel's like nudging him. Hey, what do you see? He's like, uh, that flying saucer thing of a, of a scroll. Like this is, this isn't normal. Then he says to me, the angel says to him, this is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole earth. Every thief shall be expelled according to this side of the scroll. So there's two sides to the scroll. And every perjurer shall be expelled according to that side of it. So there's the scroll that's flying around and it's communicating a message for everyone to see is basically what it's saying. It's big enough for everybody to see. It says uh, thieves and liars Don't be a thief and don't be a liar, okay? Um, You know who's a thief and a liar? Satan. Satan's a thief and a liar. And and this flying scroll is is really a a message for not just, 
Well, it's a message for the people of Israel, but it, it's also a message for us where God's like, he's like, I, have, I don't have any place for you. I got no place. There, there should be none of this uh, deceit within my followers because deceit can be found in the enemy, right? So, so no perjurers, no, no thieves, no none of that stuff. Now, this isn't to say like there was a thing when I first showed up to church, quote unquote, uh, beyond my few occurrences within childhood of going to Sunday school or whatever that was. It was Sunday school. I even went to a Christian school. My brother reminded me of this. He's like, you know, you went to a Christian school, right? And I'm like, yeah, but it was just school. Um, so there was chapel. But I remember in the youth group, the one year of youth group that I experienced my senior year of high school, there was this thing that the students were saying to each other, kind of like mocking, kind of like fun, I guess, quote unquote. And it really was kind of messing me up. Because they're like, uh, you know, it, there's a reference in, in Revelation where liars go to hell, right? And so they're like, oh, you know where liars go, right? And then they'd be like, so they're, they're trying to, they were jabbing at each other all the time. And I'm sitting there thinking like, I have a problem with telling the truth sometimes. Like, like, and I'm like, I just gave, I hadn't given my life to the Lord at that point in time either. But I was just like, oh, no, this is not looking good for me at all. Because that's like an innocent sin is what I thought. And I was like, oh, that's where, that's where I'm destined, man. All liars go to hell. Oh, great. Great, there's no hope for me at all, right? That's what I was thinking. And then, of course, they would always follow it back up with like, yeah, heaven, if you're, you know, saved, you know, or whatever, right? It's just weird youth group kids um, messing with unsaved heathens like me uh, in one sense. But there's this, this thing where the Lord is like, I, I really want my people to be honest and transparent, okay? Like real. We're not trying to like get stuff from people and we're not trying to like, manipulate people or or whatever but we're also not being false and that is all found within the enemy and the lord's like i got this giant scroll on one side no perjury right no lying on the other side quit stealing okay just stop stealing and this was a good message for israel because they had a long history of stealing from god and and actually malachi which will be the next minor prophet and the last one that we go through he he calls them out on that Right, because they they'd been stealing from God for so long. They also had been lying to God, and the Lord's like, "I'm not going to have any of it." In fact, I'm going to paint it on this giant two-sided billboard. I don't want this, and I definitely don't want that. Right? No lying and no stealing. He goes on to say in verse four, which, by the way, those two things are violation of the third and the eighth commandment. So God kind of took those things pretty seriously. Right? He's like, I'm going to give you a list of 10, my top 10 list. Uh, don't do these things, basically. And two of those are on that list. And he's like, please stop doing this stuff. Verse 4, he says, I will send out a curse, says the Lord of hosts. It shall enter the house of the thief and the house of the one who swears falsely by my name. That's the key, by my name. It shall remain in the midst of his house and consume it with its timber and stone. So the Lord's like, hey, don't be a liar or a thief, right? Or I'm going to put a curse upon your house. And you're like, is that like hyperbole or is this like a real thing? Can Are curses real? And it's like, yeah, they actually are. So just be truthful, right? People of Israel, be truthful. Worship the Lord in sincerity of heart. Okay, quit lying, swearing falsely by his name, and quit stealing, is basically what he's saying. You're coming back from Babylon, you're coming back from captivity, it's time to get your act together. It's time to get your act together. And then that leads right into this next vision, which is kind of a strange vision, 
right? If, it, if, if a flying billboard is not strange enough for you, how about a woman in a basket, right? You're like, what, what does that mean? Like, what is going on here? Verse five, the angel who talked with me came out and said to me, lift up your eyes. There again, another reference to vision and see what this is that goes forth. So I asked, what is it? And he said, it's a basket that is going forth. Oh, but it's not just a basket, right? So he, he sees his basket kind of flying around too. Then you got a billboard that's flying around. Now a basket that's flying around. He also said, this is their resemblance throughout the earth. Here is a lead disc lifted up. Alien? No, not this one. Um, and this is a woman sitting inside the basket. <laughs> it just gets better. Then he said, this is wickedness. Push pause. He's not calling women wicked, okay? There's, if, if somebody goes into that kind of interpretation, they're not doing the word of God justice. Um, the word wickedness in the Hebrew is feminine, okay? So he's using the woman to illustrate, not like women are wicked, but he's saying the Hebrew w- word for wickedness in this verse, in this context, is a feminine form of it, okay? So that's what the woman is just there to represent wickedness, okay? So this isn't bashing ladies, and there's not some weird, wicked woman or whatever. It's just in the Hebrew, the tense of the word is it's feminine. Okay, so that's that's why. But it is fascinating that where this wicked woman in a basket ends up at the end. Okay, so this is wickedness, right? Put that thing in a basket, and yeah, cover that basket with a lead disc, please. Like, let's get rid of wickedness. That's kind of what's going on here. It says, and he thrusts her down into the basket. Now, if you're like me, super visual, um, you're just you're seeing this whole scene play out in your head and you're just like, this is the most entertaining thing I've ever seen. Right. Like there's a woman flying in a basket. Some angel shoves her down further into the basket and then is going to put a lid on that thing. Right. And then two other ladies are going to show up. Just it's, it's amazing. Who said the Bible is boring? Like this is the most <laughs> incredible stuff. Like, oh, to be Zachariah in this moment to witness all this stuff. He says he threw her down, threw her down into the basket, threw the lead cover over its mouth, right? So she is sealed in there. Then I raised my eyes and looked. There's again, vision. He's looking. He's observing. And there uh, were two women coming with the wind in their wings, for they had wings like the wings of a stork, which is another fascinating visual. And they lifted up the basket between the earth and heaven. So I said to the angel who talked with me, where are they carrying the basket? So now they're flying the basket somewhere else, new location, out of Israel. Let's get this wickedness out of Israel. And let's drop it off where wickedness is welcome. Where is that? Babylon. Babylon is where wickedness is welcomed. It says uh, these angels, they're you know, where, where are they carrying this basket to? He said to me, to build a, a house for it in the land of Shinar, which is the land of Babylon. When it is ready, the basket will be set there on its base. So the wickedness needs to depart from Israel, and it's going to be housed, so to speak, in Babylon. So what, what's fascinating about this is the children of Israel have been rescued and redeemed from Babylon, They've been set free from captivity, 70, 70 years of captivity in Babylon. So they have left Babylon and are back in Israel. And the wickedness is leaving Israel and is being camped out in Babylon. Okay. Now, you could cross-reference this over into Revelation 
especially as you get towards like, I think it's like 18, 18 and 19, um, where Babylon, Babylon has risen. Like Babylon has risen, but it's, you know, is it literal Babylon? Is it not? Well, they've, they've found literal Babylon um, and they're trying to rebuild on literal Babylon. Crazy stuff's happening over there, but it will fall. Babylon will fall. And, uh, and the wickedness that is, is, that is housed there, and I'm talking spiritual Babylon, uh, well, it won't even stand there. It just won't. So, yeah, put a lid on that thing. Let's get rid of wickedness. And that really could kind of be the, uh, the application for us is get rid of w- wickedness. Whatever wickedness you brought with you from Babylon to Israel, quote unquote, send it back. Send it back. Like package it up and get it out of your life. Send it back. You know who will take, who will take that from you? These two women, they would represent the cleansing work of the spirit. So you pack up whatever, whatever you brought with you into this new life experience from your old life, from Babylon into like this new life in Jesus. What you need to do is just package that junk up and give it to the Holy Spirit and he can remove it for you. It's a good little word in Zechariah chapter five that we miss sometimes, right? Like two ladies with wings like storks, like that's weird. We, that's the first time we've heard a reference of women, angels, with stork wings. <laughs> that's weird. Like it's crazy. It's what they represent is what matters the most. What they represent is the work of the Spirit in the life of a believer. Package that stuff up, man. Go to the cross. Say, Lord, here is just like in Pilgrim's Progress. Like quit carrying that burden on you. Throw it at the feet of the cross and be like, this is yours. I don't, I don't care where you take it, Lord, but I just can't carry it anymore. Put a cover on that wickedness and let's get rid of it. And that's, that's what he's getting to. We have to leave Babylon behind. We have to leave Babylon behind. That's a word for the children of Israel back then. That's a word for us today. Because it may not be physical Babylon, but it definitely is spiritual Babylon. We have to be done with it. We have to be. So now we get into chapter 6, and we, we, we see some friends again, or, or so we think. I mean, there's a parallel, but from chapter 6 to chapter 1. It says, then I turned. So he's seen, like, giant scroll, basket with woman in the, with the woman in there. She represents wickedness, and then the seals on that, and then two other ladies show up flying with stork wings. They take the basket away, and then he's like, then I turn around, and whoa, what do I see now? He says, I raised my eyes and looked, and behold, four chariots were coming between the two mountains. And the mountains were mountains of bronze, which means it's like strength and it's like judgment, right? It's just like power. The first chariot were red horses. The second chariot were black horses. The third chariot were white horses. And the fourth chariot dappled horses or like kind of like a spotted. Nobody really knows what this dappled kind of color is. It's either a color or it's just kind of a spotted type thing. But it's strong steeds. And we saw these guys in chapter 1, verse 7 through 11. Okay? Now they're chariots. There's like more of them. I answered and said to the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? He's like, now what? Now what's this? The angel answered and said to me, these are four spirits of heaven who go out from their station before the Lord of all the earth. The one with the black horses going to the north country, the white going after them, and the dapple are going toward the south country. 
Then the strong steeds went out, eager to go, that they might walk to and fro throughout the earth. And he said, go, walk to and fro throughout the earth. So they walked to and fro throughout the earth. There's like repetition there for a reason. It's like what the Lord's angels are doing are walking to and fro throughout the earth. Okay? That's a good thing for you and I. It's a really good thing for us. It's repeated three times for a reason, because the Lord wants you to understand this. He wants you to get this. He called to me and spoke to me, saying, See, those who go toward the north country have given rest to my spirit in a north country. So this is kind of a strange thing here, but um, historically, a lot of Israel's enemies have attacked from the north. And so it's like the Lord is sending his messengers, his, his angels, into this northern region to bring about peace so Israel can build the temple. So they don't have to live in fear of a, an, an army invading from the north because the Lord's got his own army there to protect Israel while they do what he's called them to do. This is key for you and me. Because if the Lord has called you to do something, he knows how to supply you with his own army to protect you while you're fulfilling the calling he has for you. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to have some knuckleheads in your life because just read uh, Nehemiah, right? As they're building the wall, you got all these, I don't know, I'm trying to think of nice words to call these guys. The bullies, let's say that. That's a good now word, right? Like they're just bullies and like real bullies, okay? Um, But they're like hassling them as they're doing the Lord's work. That's going to be your experience. But there are bigger enemies out there that are being held back by the Lord's army. We should be encouraged by that, not terrified of that, but like, wait, I got to deal with these knuckleheads who kind of keep, you know, chiming in every so often and being like, you can't do that. You're horrible at this, whatever. And Fox runs on your wall, it's going to fall over and all that good stuff, right? Who are you? You're not qualified, blah, 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 right? We all experience that. You're going, if you serve the Lord, you're going to experience that. He allows that. You just got to get over that, okay? What he doesn't allow is for invading armies to come in and to, de- to deter what he's already started within you, okay? So what Zechariah is seeing here, what he's being educated by this angel is like, oh, he's sending these, these chariots up to the north, meaning he's going to block off anybody coming in trying to invade and disrupt this rebuilding of the temple because God said it's going to happen and the temple is going to be rebuilt, And so if there are any armies who want to come from the north to disrupt this, they can't do it because they can't break through his lines. They can't break through his lines. And again, I think this is is a good reminder for us because we're serving the Lord here. and, And I think that there are armies and enemies that he is holding back within our lives. Now, he may let the annoying little ones in every so often because we, we need that sometimes, right? Strength comes through resistance, right? So we need that at times. But as far as like the big bad guys and all that stuff, like the Lord's like, they can't, I got my armies protecting you. I got my armies protecting you. And I think what was true for Zechariah and Israel back then, and is also this, there's some future stuff with this as well. I think can be applied to our lives personally, okay? Sometimes we, we just, we become paralyzed with fear because of like potential threats. But the Lord's like, my, my armies are bigger and badder than what you know, what you realize. 
You've been listening to Bread for the Broken in a series that you just don't want to miss. Pastor James Grizzle has been walking through the messages that God gave to the prophets in the times that Judah and Israel were not only holding God at arm's length, but also suffering under oppression. It doesn't sound too different than when I let my own selfishness drive my decisions. Am I alone in that? What's amazing to me is that God's love for His children isn't conditional. I love that it's not dependent on what I do or what I don't do, but He does desire an authentic relationship with you and me, a friendship that isn't second best. I urge you to not replace Him with the things of this world that eventually fade away. Will you join us Sunday morning at 10 a.m. or Thursday night at 7 p.m. to hear more of God's Word? For those of you that can't make it in person, don't worry. We live stream all of our services just for you. So find us on Facebook today. We like to keep faith simple and uncomplicated. So if you're looking for that and a laid-back atmosphere, then you'll be right at home with us. To find out more, head on over to breadforthebroken.com. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, look around a little. You'll find our location, a bunch of archived messages, and a place to give to the ministry. We'd love to have you partner with us as we praise the mighty name of the Lord Jesus together. And with that, we're coming to the end of our time together today. We're so glad you decided to spend your day with us here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.